Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm happy today. Don't blow it. Come on. (laughs) Hey, welcome to June Family Month. I love this time of the year for for a couple different reasons. For one, it's the beginning of summer break. Kids are out of school and family vacations begin. Another reason is I get to preach with my wife and we get to talk about something we both are passionate about, healthy relationships, family relationships, how to get along one with the other. How many know sometimes we need just a little bit of help? <laughs> hey, you, you received your sermon notes when you came in, and you see that our, our topic today is dealing with stress. Dealing with Stress. How many know we've been under a whole lot of uh, stress? We're coming through. You're overcomers. You're making it. There's a verse in Psalm 40, verse 2, that I, uh, that I love. It says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked. How many know the Lord's going to steady you? The Lord's going to strengthen you. He's going to give you strong feet, so to speak, because he has lifted you out of uh, despair. I think most of us would agree that this past year has been one of the most difficult years in our lifetime. Many of us know on 9-11 where you were. You can describe that. Some of you in my age group probably can remember the day that they announced Elvis had died and where you were when Elvis... There are certain moments in your life, maybe you remember when the Challenger blew up. Remember the first Challenger when it happened? You know, I think generations to come, whenever we get decades from now, our grandkids and great-grandkids are going to ask, tell me what it was like during that time. You lived through COVID, the immediate shutdown of society, the shutdown of the economy, families being quarantined, (laughs) and now you got to get along. Now you got to survive. People being laid off or hours drastically cut, bills piling up, sickness, the loss of family members, churches and schools shut down. What we've realized is during this season, stress was mounting higher and higher. And even now, there is this thing that they call COVID fatigue, All of these things affect our relationships. They affect our our friendships, our, our marriages, and family work relationships. And the list goes on and on. And maybe you have even wondered, how am I going to survive? Let me ask a question. Do you feel like you're at a breaking point? Do you feel that if one more pressure was added to your life, you'll break. Let me tell you a fact about stress. Stress can be a monster, 
But also stress can be a motivator. Great missionary Hudson Taylor wrote, it matters not how great the pressure is, only where the pressure lies. As long as the pressure does not come between me and my Savior, but presses me to him, then the greater the pressure, the greater my dependence on him. See, we can't change the, the outside circumstances, the pressure from without, but we do have control in how we allow that pressure to affect us. If that pressure causes us to depend more upon God, to go to his throne and to lay everything bare before him, then the Lord can use that uh, to bring his purposes and plans in our life. But if the stress, the pressure comes between me and God, then that's a great challenge. In your sermon notes, let's, let's first define stress. Stress has many sides to it. Stress is a term used by engineers to describe both the external force applied to a material and the internal strength required to resist the pressure. These combined stresses will cause the material to change size and shape. For example, a metal like iron will have a yield point at which outside pressure increases the density of the metal, making it stronger. But when the strain exceeds its load-bearing capacity, there's a failure point, and the metal breaks. When it reaches its load-bearing capacity, some of us feel like we've reached that place in our own personal life. We're taking all that we can take. One more thing is going to break us. We want to talk about stress. We don't talk about healthy ways to deal with it. We don't talk about how the Lord can even use these things to bring us closer to him. Notice in your notes, stress is external pressure that causes physical, mental, and emotional strain. And Christy's going to speak a little bit about that. Write this under two. Stress is internal resistance in response to outside pressure. It's internal resistance to what is happening uh, on uh, the external, on the outside. Stress is negative pressure that results in distress, danger, or destruction. But did you also know that stress is positive pressure that results in motivation and movement? For example, the stress of having to support a family caused the young man to seek a better job. So that's the positive result of pressure, realizing that, you know what, I can respond differently. Instead of it crushing me, I can respond in a positive way. How is scripture used to deal with stress? Pastors spoke about how metal is forged in the fire and and that same way can be the way that we react to pressure, that we can be like that metal and become something uh, more useful in the process. See, stress has a benefit. One benefit that stress has is it increases your ability to endure. It builds your endurance. Now, we, however, know that excessive pressure can make you break. 
But what is so wonderful is that we serve a God, a God that knows us intimately, that knows uh, how far we can go. And he doesn't allow anything to be put on us and pressure to, to be on us that we can't bear. So our response to stress is critical. The way that we respond to stress is going to determine if our endurance grows or if we break. We need to be giving it to the Lord. See, we very many times don't realize the strength that, and the potential of the strength that we have within us, but God does. And just like that metal submits to that blacksmith and we submit ourselves to the master craftsman, as God moves in our lives and as we submit to him, he produces a, the life of Christ within us so that he can use us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 10, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10 says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We are knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. The word distress is used more than a hundred times in the Bible, and it is to describe negative stress. It describes negative stress, and it most often pictures a negative result that the pressure and the pain uh, can make and leave on our hearts. So the Old Testament uses the word, the Hebrew word, tasara, and it's taken from the root word meaning tightness. It means distress, anguish, and affliction in a spiritual or a psychological sense. Now, when we look at the story of Joseph and when Joseph's brothers, there was a famine in Israel, and Joseph's brothers traveled to Egypt so that they were attempting to find food, to find grain. But as they found themselves in this very stressful predicament, in the situation that they were in, they began and they reflected on what they had done to their brother Joseph. In Genesis 42, verse 21, it talks about their experience. What I want you to, to think about is that this stress brought them to reflection. The word says, they said to one another, surely we are, we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. We need to allow that stress that's in our life to help us to reflect on the things that are taking place, the things in our life. So what are the spiritual implications of stress? Stress is ultimately a spiritual issue, and it affects our whole life. And if we are allowing the stresses of our life to draw us away from the Lord, or is it that we are allowing the stresses of our life to draw us to the Lord, to push us to the Lord? Are we praying more? Are we worshiping? Are we singing throughout the week 
to get our, our mind on the Lord. It's really important for us to realize that we need to evaluate our mental, emotional, and physical responses to the pressures that we are having within our life, for that stress that is produced within our lives. Because our responses, are a, a, they are directly affecting the people in our lives, our families, our work relationships, how we respond is going to have such an impact on everything that we do. So we're going to talk about three different responses. The first response that we're going to talk about is mental response. Mental response. Mental stress is the result of what we think about and how we interpret events. Are we dwelling on the loss of a job and if we are dwelling on the loss of a job we're going to produce stress in our lives we're going to feel that stress or when we lose a job are we focusing are we dwelling on god's faithfulness to provide for us there's a very big difference in the way that you look at every situation are we looking at the faithfulness of God? Because if we're looking at the faithfulness of God, because he is our provider, then he's going to bring us peace into that situation. Same situation, very different response in where we're living in that situation. So the question is, do you have a positive or a negative outlook? What is it that as you're going through your stress, are you looking through a positive or a negative outlook? Because if we dwell on the negative thoughts, we can take even wonderful situations and make them very stressful. So we need to be focusing on the positives and the power of the Lord. This is why God uh, says he wants us to meditate on what is pure and good. In Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. It's really clear right here how we need to have our thought process. What are we, how is it our mental thoughts? What, what's happening there? So the second thing is our emotional response. Emotional response. Emotional stress is the result of how we process our thoughts. Now, if you think bitter thoughts, you're going to feel bitter emotions. If you think forgiving thoughts, you're going to feel forgiveness in your heart. Society wants to say it's the other way around, that you feel because someone did something to you. The Lord is telling us, if you think on the things that the Lord wants you to think on, then, then the feelings are going to come and follow with it. We do that in faith. We have to do that. It's a decision that we make. Now, emotional immaturity, it will hold you prisoner to the feelings, and it will keep you chained to undue stresses. You have to let it go. It's a decision that we make. Romans 12, 2 
says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. They let God, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know that God, uh, what God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we talked about mental responses, talked about emotional responses, allowing the word of God to help us process the stresses appropriately. Let's talk about physical response. When your physical body automatically responds to external pressure. It's just a fact of life. And if you dwell on your difficulties, you literally can develop fatigue. When you're not processing the stresses, we all have the external pressure. If we're not processing it in biblical ways, we're not processing it in healthy ways, then there's a physical response. And often it it develops fatigue in us. But if you trust God for his timing... He'll provide you rest. You'll have physical rest in your body. You know, the book of Hebrews talks about there is a rest to the people of God. And learning to strive from that place of rest. Even medical science has its own special definition of stress, which threads mental and emotional reactions to the entire nervous system. As other physiological systems began to activate in order to meet the external demands, if the pressure is not dealt with in a healthy way, you become susceptible to a variety of physical ailments. God reveals in the book of Proverbs that by keeping his words in your heart, you can avoid many of the consequences of stress. Proverbs 4 Verse 21 and verse 22, a great passage. Proverbs 4, verse 21 says, don't lose sight of them. What is he talking about? The context is God's words of wisdom. Don't lose sight of God's words of wisdom. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. So we're talking about dealing with stress in healthy ways. Allow the word of God, his promises, to penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them. Stress produces death. The word of God produces life. It brings life to those who find them. And I love this translation. And healing to their whole body. You know, the word of God brings healing to you. The word of God, he says, I sent my word and healed them of all their diseases. See, it's not the external pressure that's going to kill. It's our reaction and how we process the external pressure. And as children of God, we can process it through the word of God in healthy ways. Let's talk secondly about characteristics of stress. The effects of stress on your life. There are four stages we're going to speak about. Stage one. Write this, write this phrase. No light. When there is insufficient stress to move responsibly, you find that the person often avoids responsibility. Responsibility. 
That person has a poor ability to have strong relationships. That individual is not productive. You'll find that personality often has, has a lack of energy. And they express and experience depression. They find that there's no purpose. And often, they have no perspective on life. Let's talk about stage two. Let's call it the green light. When there is positive stress, you will see that, you'll, you'll see that the person faces responsibility. They have healthy relationships. They have, they have responsible relationships. The person, this person who is dealing with the stresses in a positive way is energetic, enthusiastic, has fulfillment of purpose. Often they have a positive perspective. Let's keep on this green light. Let's go to the yellow light. The yellow light are the warning signs of stress. The warning signs of stress are like the yellow lights on a traffic signal. They caution you to be alert, to slow down, to be prepared for upcoming change. The physical warning signs of stress can be tension headaches, muscle aches, heavy sighing, high blood pressure, ulcers, loss of sleep, excessive sleep, lack of concentration, indecisiveness. The individual doesn't have the ability to make decisions because they feel overwhelmed and, and they're afraid to make the wrong decision, so they make no decision. Irritability. Irritability. You know you're irritable. People around you know you're irritable. They have to walk on eggshells around you. That could be a great sign that you're at that breaking point. You're not dealing with stress in a healthy way, in the way that God has intended you to deal with stress. Let's talk about stage four. Let's use the analogy of a red light. Burnout is certainly not God's will for us. It may actually mean that we have not processed the stresses of life in spiritual ways or in healthy ways or godly ways. Instead of living at stage two, we become overwhelmed by responsibility. And because we feel overwhelmed, we withdraw from relationships. This has been the danger of COVID is because of isolation, it's been easy to withdraw. Let me tell you, that's a red sign. God has meant for us to live in community with each other. God has meant for us to be together. And we find ourselves withdrawing even from our spouse. We withdraw from our kids. We find that there's a lack of enthusiasm we feel like there's no purpose or meaning. We're living without perspective. We find ourselves easily fatigued, lacking the ability to concentrate. See, all of these things is sometimes a road sign. The Lord is saying, hey, pay attention. 
I'm not going to give you more than you can bear. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. But you have a responsibility to lean into me. We have a responsibility to respond in healthy ways, in spiritual ways. You know what often we find ourselves? We need a tune-up. We need God to tune us up. We need a a tune-up. You know, if your car starts running rough and smoke starts billowing out of the hood, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to pull over, you're going to call a mechanic and get to the garage. Why? Because you realize there's a problem, and if you keep going full speed, you're going to lose everything. The engine's going to seize up. It's amazing. Sometimes we pay a lot more attention to our car than we do ourselves. Proverbs 14, verse 30. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Point number three, make a commitment. Make a commitment. On our roads in America, we have a lot of traffic signs, road signs, and they're warning signs of what's to come, changes that are taking place. Uh, If there's construction, there's lots of signs that you need to be paying attention to. And just like in our own life, we need to be paying attention to the road signs that God is putting in front of us. That takes a commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to commit to reading reading the signs, listening to the signs, and then obeying the signs. Road signs are there to help us. They're there because there's a change, imminent change, imminent danger. Something's happening, and we have to be paying attention. But many times you might find yourself, you know, are are you fretting about having to stop for someone else? Are you um, resenting if you have to yield in some way in your life? Do you get impatient when the road repairs are calling for you to reduce your speed and and go a different way? A lot of times in life, we get very aggravated when it doesn't go exactly our way. We have to, to go a different path. We have to take a different way, and it's not our norm. But there's, there's road signs. There, the Lord's trying to help us, and in a lot of times, there's these unpleasant hindrances that are taking us beca- this direction because the Lord's saying, you know, you got to slow down here. Something's about to happen. You need to be paying attention. So one of the things that we need to learn is we need to learn how to slow, slow down. We need to slow down and make necessary changes for physical for our good physical health. We need to pay attention to our body. Are we listening to our body? Are are we eating a good diet? Because the way that our body feels is a direct reflection of how we eat and what we put into our body. And are we getting exercise three times a week? And are we taking a day to rest? Are we doing all of these things that we need for our body? Are we listening to our body? And sometimes we don't. Sometimes you just have to go to 7-Eleven and get a hot dog and a Mountain Dew. I mean, it's what you got to do, right? But if we do that too often, our body will start to say, you know, I need a little water here. I need, you know, I need some good stuff. Are we doing that? Psalms 127.2 says, It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. 
We need to pay attention to our body. But then we also, we have to slow down and evaluate your priorities. I can't stress enough the importance of putting a list together of all the things that you do throughout the week. And then you start looking at what's on your list of what you're doing. And then you say, hmm, is there anything on there I should be doing that I'm not? You need to evaluate that. You need to number the importance of what is on your list. You need to then say, what can the stressful things, what do I need to take away? Every so often, we have to do that with our lives because we can get so out of whack. We have to make sure that we're paying attention. The third thing that we need to do is to slow down and nourish your spiritual life. We have to remind ourselves daily of the words in Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And it could say, and you are not. Because sometimes we forget that. We get in such a rush, we get in such a way, we don't take our time to spend with the Lord, to have communion with him, and we get in a funk. We get our minds off of him. We need to take time for prayer every day and, and learning the scripture and meditating on it so that we can get in the place that we need to be. Psalms 119.71 says, My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Suffering can bring growth in our lives, and we need to appreciate that time. Then we also need to learn to stop. Stop and look at the real reason that you're experiencing stress. We need to ask ourselves, what is it that's going on? Am I trying to make everything happen on my own? Am I waiting on the Lord? Do I think he can't do all of this without me, so he needs a little bit of help? What are we thinking about? Are we being spirit-led? Or are we being people pressured? Galatians 1.10 says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approvals of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Then we also need to stop, confess, and turn from any, uh, any known sins in our lives. And these are the small things, too, that we have to evaluate and say, you know, am I manipulating or controlling others? Am I feeling envious and jealous of others? Am I expressing my feelings inappropriately? Am I overreacting in circumstances? Do I have impure motivations in what I'm doing? These are the questions we need to be asking. Sometimes we just need to take a moment and pray through. Because we have to get ourselves where we need to be. And then we need to yield. We need to yield to God's sovereign control over our circumstances. We have to yield to him. He knows the circumstances. He knows what we need. We have to trust in him. What is God doing in my circumstances? Sometimes we have no idea. And we say, I don't see how any good can come out of this. I don't see how God can use this in any way. But we have to trust in him and know that in all of these things, he's going to bring good if I trust in him. He's going to bring good to me. I might not see it today, but maybe in two years I can look back. Mm -hmm. I've had experiences yes. where I literally said, I don't see how any good can come from this. 
And then two years later, I look back and I say, Lord, thank you. I needed yes. that situation Amen. because That's it good. brought growth to good. me. We need to yield to God your rights and expectations. We need to remember that he is God and I am not. It is not my rights. I yield all of that to you, Lord. And then we can re, uh, resume speed. We can resume speed and live in the presence of God. You know, sometimes it is about slowing down. Sometimes it is about evaluating our responses, evaluating the coping skills that we have, and allowing the Lord to do a work in us so our coping skills get to the place we need to be. Then we resume that speed. I want to challenge you this week to declare some things over your life. I want to challenge you to declare, I choose to let Christ live his life through me. It's amazing how liberating it is when we just simply make that declaration, I choose to let Christ live his life through me. Suddenly, you quit trying to direct everything. You just simply start yielding. See, your steps are ordered by the Lord. If he's brought you to it, God can bring you through it. Amen? If he's allowed it to come your way, know this. He believes in you that you have enough to overcome and be successful. So live. Let Christ live his life through you. Make this declaration. I choose to live in the present, not worrying about tomorrow. I choose to live in the now. How much time do we waste? How much stress do we build up thinking about the stresses of tomorrow, the what ifs of tomorrow? Live today. Live in the moment. Quit worrying about tomorrow. I challenge you. Say, I will refocus my thoughts away from my pressures to your purposes for allowing this pressure. Quit saying, this is killing me. Quit saying, I'm not going to make it. Quit saying, I'm not going to overcome. Begin to refocus your thoughts on God's purpose of you walking through that he's going to bring it together for your good. That he's going to produce something in you. Quit looking at other people and get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on God. Get your eyes on his purpose. I want to challenge you. Choose to have a thankful heart regardless of the pressure you feel. Gratitude. It's amazing how much gratitude will change your perspective. Choose to have a thankful heart. Make a commitment to talk less and listen more. Talk less and listen more. Will you stand with me? In Psalm 40, Psalm 40, verse 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord to help. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair out of a mud and mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked. 
He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed, and they will put their trust in the Lord. Your reaction does matter. How you deal with the external pressure does matter. Because as you begin to sing a new song to the Lord, many people will see what God has done in your life, and they will turn to the Lord because of how you are dealing in the present moments.